Hello and welcome to Keanu Club, like a cool breeze over the mountains. This is episode number 15, The Prince of Pennsylvania from 1988. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. And this is yet another movie, in a sense, where Keanu is in high school, although in this movie, he dropped out. So we don't only really have high school drama, but we just have high school age drama. So it's, it's, it sort of goes along with the criticism I had last time of you know, another high school movie, but at least here, he's sort of an adult, he's out in the real world, but we're still in that sort of era of his life. Yeah, I, I noticed that, and I was like, oh, this is sort of, we're 50-50, he's playing a high school kid, but he's not in high school, so, <laughs> uh, you know, part of your complaint is uh, is valid, but yeah, I feel like they met you halfway with this movie. He plays a guy named Rupert, who lives in the town Mars, Pennsylvania? I don't know if they ever say that, but I saw that on the side of the cop car. I was just like, that's kind of a cool town name. It's just, it's it's sort of a weird little detail. But, you know, he, he starts off the movie, he's just like running around a junkyard. And I, I started to try to get a sense of like the kind of person he was. And it seems like he's just, he's just super smart and bored by school and just trying to find his place, right? He just doesn't know what to do with his life. Yeah, when the movie opened and he's sort of wandering around a junkyard, I wasn't sure if he was homeless at first. <laughs> I didn't know, but we find out that, no, he does in fact have a family. He has dropped out of high school because he doesn't feel challenged. And he's, I'm not sure if he has like Asperger's or something like that, because he lives in the garage where he makes all of his little inventions and stuff. And he shows up at the christening for his niece or nephew with like half of his head shaved and painted like a skunk. <laughs> right. And you mentioning that it's the town's name is Mars. I was like, oh, well, he's kind of like a Martian in this town. In <laughs> the inventions thing never really comes back into play at all, right? Like they just have yeah. that the, the parents and the little brother go in to the garage where he lives and like they see all of this weird stuff around, but like we never get a sense of any of that, right? That's just sort of like right. a thread that is never picked up. I think maybe his recording device comes back at some point when they trick someone with a with a fake recording. But yeah, I thought for sure that he was going to be building contraptions throughout the entire film that were going to be getting him in and out of trouble. But nope. <laughs> He's also, like we've had in a couple other movies lately, Keanu's having difficulty relating to his dad. And like there's this, like, this one interaction early on where like they're just talking and it seems like, like Keanu's a smart kid, like we've been saying. And it seems like he genuinely like wants to answer his dad. Like it's not like he's closed off to him, but it just seems that like every answer he gives is like the opposite answer of what his dad wants to hear. And it's just like they could not be further apart, even though you know it seems like a small town. Seems like everybody should sort of be on the same page. But you know, I guess as he says, he has trouble relating to his peer group. He has trouble relating to his dad. He's just sort of a Martian on a you know surrounded by people who just don't get him sitting on a beach and in the water there are two people drowning now one of them has a cure for cancer and the other is your own son which one would you save how would you answer that question rupert take your time guy with the cure for cancer well think for a second will you your own flesh and blood but what if i saved my son and he grew up and got cancer can't you say he's gonna get cancer you said he was drowning. Well, God damn it, that's different. Why? The probability of getting cancer must be ten times greater than the probability of drowning. 
And if you throw in the probability of two people drowning in the same place at the same time. Wow. Yeah, he even mentions to his dad, you know, you did fine with my older brother and my younger brother. Can't you just be happy that two out of three of us turned out normal? Partially, I think it's that, but I also feel like there's a big generation gap between him and his dad, especially. There's just something about that. Like his father keeps talking about how he was in Nam and that really straightened him out. And, you know, it's that old argument of kids these days kind of don't really know how well they have it. And, you know, Keanu really needs to be shown that life is hard. And, and so his dad is just pretty frustrated that he's not living up to his expectations and that he's kind of squandering his ambition at this point, at this moment in his life. I think he's just angry that he's wandering and hasn't really settled on anything. Because I mean, even when the movie ends, like we're jumping all the way to the end, like he doesn't really have an idea of what he wants to do, right? It's just, mm. he sort of has a better sense of what he doesn't want to do. And he doesn't yeah. want to run off to San Francisco with his girlfriend and her now ex boyfriend like that's sort of a weird situation and we'll get to that he knows he doesn't really want to stay in town but like he just doesn't know like it's it's sort of like a journey like a, a personal discovery movie in a way he doesn't really find himself though he just sort of finds <laughs> things that like he doesn't want to do which is also important but like it's kind of a weird that like this is supposed to be this movie that shows his growth and that just doesn't like it doesn't explicitly happen Right. It seems like at the end of this movie, it seems like he's then ready to go find himself. Uh, it's basically, He basically runs away from home at the end of this movie. But uh, leading up to that, it's just a whole lot of he doesn't fit into this town. He doesn't fit in with his family. He doesn't really have any friends. His dad wants him to go work underground in the coal mines. And I was right. getting active vengeance flashbacks immediately. <laughs> I kind of understand a little where the Keanu character is coming from, because who would want to go work in the mines until you die? You know, you want to get out of that town some way. And and Mars, Pennsylvania is a very desolate place. You know, there's just nothing going on there. I got right. a lot of the last picture show kind of vibe from this, yeah. from this town. So I could see him at the end of this movie leaving. It seems justified by the end of the movie. Well... It's weird that you use that word because, you know, coal mines, that's all what the TV show Justified is all about, you know, about getting out of town versus staying in town. And while we're on the subject of coal mines and active vengeance, I want to run something by you. I was talking to Melissa, who's been on several Cage episodes, but she had an idea because we were talking about Cage Nexions, because we always talked about for Cage Club, you know, threads from one movie to the next. Here we have the Act of Vengeance, right? We know coal mines, whatever. There's another one coming up later that I'll mention. But she had the idea, and I want to run this by you and run this by anybody who's listening to see if they have any their two cents. She just she she likes the idea keynection. Just drop the Ianu and just keynection. Do you hmm. like that? I'll I'll go with that. I'll go with Let's it. Go you with know, that. I, yeah. Like another thing is I didn't want to start forcing the connections because that was a big cage thing. You know, I wanted them to sort of occur naturally. And since they have been in this way, you know, we do have to sort of put a name on it. And I like that. It's simple. A nice key action. So we have that. So Melissa, good job. Key action coming at you. So, okay. So like the only person you're right, like he doesn't connect to his family. He doesn't really have any friends. It seems like the only person in town that gets him or that he wants to spend time with is this girl, Carla. And, like, their relationship's not, I don't think, explicitly defined from the beginning. It seems like she owns this burger place, restaurant, ice cream shop called the Twin Twister. 
she does she own it or is she just like work there? Because he's apparently the manager there, but like we don't spend enough time that I really get a sense of anything. It just seems like they're the only employees, and it also seems like nobody ever eats there. So I <laughs> I don't know exactly what's going on with this place. Yeah, I wasn't too sure about their relationship either, and it doesn't become much clearer throughout the movie. From what I gathered, he is her only employee, and she never has any business. But we come to learn <laughs> that she has quite a reputation around town. The reason that she's there, because who would really ever want to go to this place? I mean, <laughs> there's really nothing in this town whatsoever. But she had an affair with Trooper Joe, Trooper Joe and his wife end up raising her daughter that she had well, with the trooper. He doesn't. And no, the, he doesn't. He doesn't raise it. This is like even weirder than that. That she has a baby with Trooper Joe, and then Trooper Joe basically gives the baby to the wife, who then like is splitting from him, and then she just leaves town. Like he's yeah. still in town, but she lives in San Francisco. So it's not like he raised the baby. Just this crazy woman, you know, the ex-wife of the father is. Ra- it's just it's it's weird. That's just the strangest family dynamic I've ever heard of. Where, like, <laughs> I'm, yeah, like, think, just think of Trooper Joe's wife. Like, sure, I'll raise the baby that my husband cheated on me to have. It's just very strange. But she made it as far as this town, basically. She was following the trooper and the wife wherever they were going. And by the time she gets to this town, the trooper has been divorced and the wife took off cross country with her kid. So she's sort of stuck here running this ice cream thing, diner. Even though this diner is not profitable or that, you know, they don't have any employees, Keanu, where he starts the movie, is that his dad asks him, you know, if you won $50,000, what would you do? And he said, well, I would buy this restaurant. And he's like, that doesn't like, if that, like nothing about that thought really makes sense. But I guess it's just the point of this is the only place that he feels comfortable. And so, like, you know, he doesn't have these ambitions to leave town. And so this is just what he's going to do. But, like, this is... Everything that means something to him is just this girl, sort of, maybe, and this restaurant. If you suddenly came into some money, um, I don't know, pick a figure at random, say uh, $50,000, what would you do with it? I'd buy the Twin Twister drive-in. I don't want you near that place. She runs a dope smuggling outfit from South America. She does not. Uh, Your mother says we're different. Shit, I don't know. Yeah, there's kind of an interesting sequence where him and his dad have quite a heart-to-heart. It starts like in the car, and then they go to the dad's property, and the dad starts talking about all these psych questions from when he was being drafted, and and he pitches these questions to Keanu, like, what would you do if you had $50,000, and so forth and so on. And and then he says, well, you know, uh, this land we're standing on is worth like 200 grand. You know, imagine what you could do with that. And Keanu's just like, well, I don't need to imagine because I wouldn't sell this land. You know, it's in the, it's right. our land. I like, thought that would seem was kind of interesting to really just show these two characters just think separately like they just are on different wavelengths even though they're from the same dna so while this is going on and while he and his dad are like getting into fights he starts this job at work because he works with a twin twister but his dad's like no you're gonna be working with me and he gets him a job but his mom like i guess you know every mom wants her son to be safe so the, the compromise that he's basically gonna be working like behind the counter and you know where guys check in check out he's doing janitorial stuff so he starts working with his dad Meanwhile, and this is sort of like a weird kind of dynamic, we see him follow his mom, and we see that his mom is having an affair with his dad's best friend. So this guy, Jack, who he works with in the coal mine, basically seems like his sort of partner at work, his best friend in the world, is now having an affair with 
Keanu's mom. And so like, it's this whole twist, and like Keanu apparently has this guy's place bugged or something. I guess that is the invention part coming back in, right? Because oh, he's like yeah, sitting outside, like listening into their conversation, which is so creepy because he's basically listening in on his mom having sex. Like, I didn't think about that when I was watching, but now thinking back about what he's actually doing, like, what are you doing, dude? He has this one line where he's like, you know, everybody lies or everybody's got secrets and stuff. And it seems like except for him where he goes around town, like learning people's dark secrets to use against them at some point or that. But uh, yeah, I knew I knew the mom was going to be having an affair, but I did not expect Keanu to stick around and listen to it going on. (laughs) And that is the last instance we're going to kind of get of any of his inventions is with that. What's even weirder about that scene is like, Uh, We come to learn that they're having this rendezvous at the property that Keanu's grandfather owns. This sort of becomes like the center of everything throughout the rest of the movie is like, what's going to happen with this land? What's going to go on with this land? Uh, So it's not like bad enough that the mom is cheating on the husband on the husband's land like that he grew up on. But then the guy that she's cheating with brings the baby brings like a baby along and yeah it, it's this one moment that made me think of neighbors because they like start having sex and the baby's <laughs> staring at them and she's like can you just like turn the baby around so it's not looking at us i was like oh man this this whole situation is just wrong it's a uh, little baby stella but in the 1980s so it's that's that's a really funny connection i like that a lot what complicates matters even worse is that Basically, the day after they have the affair, there's a big fire at the coal mine. And sometimes this movie, for me, works really well. And sometimes just, like, the drama seems so forced and things are, like, so poorly Mm. acted. And here, just like, oh, my God. Like, it's so bad that there's Mm. the fire and, like, there's just two guys trapped down there. It's her husband and it's her lover. And Keanu, like, confronts her about it. He's just like, who are you going to miss more? And she's just like, what are you talking about? And then they come up. And the dad, you know, embraces her in a hug, but, like, it's sort of reserved. And then we go home, and we find out that when they were down there, his friend was so worried that he was going to die that he confided to the dad that he's been having an affair with his wife. And we get really one of my, I think, probably one of the best freakout scenes I've seen in a movie in a while. Like, this is, like, a great freakout scene where he's just, like, throwing things around and, like, threatening Bonnie Bedelia and almost, like, hits her on the head with the VCR. Like, it's crazy. What do you want? What do you want with me, huh? Did I give you a house? Do we have more than any other couple on the street? Did I give you a swimming pool? Did I give you a, a, a cable TV? I didn't want a swimming pool. Did, did I give you a VCR? I didn't want a VCR. You wanted a VCR. Nothing, man. Mom. Roger's my son. Roper's your son. That's right. And you're my wife. And Jack Sykes, my best friend. My best friend. Jesus! Yeah, this movie definitely veers off into lifetime territory again for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, oh, right as soon as I'm enjoying this and I think it's going to be some kind of indie darling, it just veers off into trouble <laughs> with divorce and that kind of stuff. This scene, though, I think everybody just spent everything they had with this sequence because when they come home, first of all, <laughs> like he comes up from that coal mine and he's got this look on his face like he knows. Like, I was like, okay, the guy told him because he thought he was going to die. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. And I just want to mention the dad, again, another great character actor, Fred Ward, who, I mean, I recognize from tons of stuff. But he has this, he rules this sequence. Like, he slaps Bonnie Bedelia across the <laughs> face. 
and he's like, I give you everything. It's all over. Everything's over. And he's like, he keeps going, you want this VCR? You want this VCR? And I just keep going back to all the times like VHS and VCR has come up so far because we've been stuck in the 80s for like 10 right. episodes now. And he's going to like smash the VCR, but he just kind of hugs it and runs out of the house with it. It's just one of the, it's one of the most unintentionally hilarious things in the middle of one of the most like intense, dramatic moments we've had so far in Keanu Club. There's just like great moments like this, but then I'm just sort of bored with like a lot of the rest of the movie. What's especially fitting about this scene is that this is a movie that we sort of have to watch on VHS because the DVD is super expensive. Mm. So he's like threatening a VCR, you know, like, I got you this VCR. Like, do you want it? And she's like, I don't want a VCR. Like, what do you like? I don't want a VCR. I don't want any of this stuff. And I'm like, I'll take the VCR. Like, I had to buy one for this movie and like two other movies. So like, I'll take your VCR. Absolutely. Also, side note, Fred Ward will return in, I believe, Chain Reaction. So he will be back. He's the only person in this movie, I think, who ever acts with Keanu again. So that's going to happen. But then, like, what he eventually does is he just brings the VCR outside and throws it in the pool. And then Keanu tackles him into the pool. But, like, the cover is on because I guess it's, like, sort of fall or winter. And so they're just, like, standing in, like, this above-ground pool with the VCR floating there. Like, it's a bizarre, weird end to, like, a really sort of aggressively weird scene. Yeah, it ends on a very strange note. Keanu tackles his dad into the pool, and his, when his dad realizes who did that and where they are, he kind of comes to his senses, and, and the scene just ends with the dad sitting in the pool and the younger brother looking at him and stuff. This is kind of like the darkest moment in the movie. The rest of this movie is very lighthearted. I was very surprised that they were going to set up a lot of this serious family drama and this troubled teenager in his house and he's too smart he doesn't fit in and then the rest of the movie kind of takes on this i don't want to say comedic but it's definitely much more lighthearted. because like the literally the next scene is i think is them going to the school dance and like him just showing up with all his like biker friends and them just like basically you know causing some mayhem so like it's just it's weird how we go from you're right like this really intense scene to, to just back to the rest of the movie which is just really calm and cool and collected and they set these biker guys up pretty well they're like this callback throughout the whole movie i was almost thinking of how the guy who stole keanu's car in the night before came back four or five times throughout the movie and keanu's gonna bump into this biker gang that just kind of like him for no real reason i guess they just recognize one of their own in him and he's like hey you guys want to go to the prom or they go to a dance and it's a dallas or dallas and dynasty yeah you have to try to dress like one or the other otherwise you can't get in but they just crash the place, and that, that's a pretty great scene. He starts dancing with some girl and talking about Socrates. A lot of people think you're weird. A lot of people think the same about me. We, like Socrates, are not appreciated in our time. What a jerk. What's that mean? Well, nobody likes Socrates because he spoke the truth. We made him drink hemlock for it. We offend the common rabble with our truth. We are the truth. I don't want to dance anymore. You got my dress all yucky. Well, yuckiness is truth. Oh, Rupert, can't you be normal for three minutes? Socrates will return in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. <laughs> I think the only reason this biker gang likes him is because he has a motorcycle, and then in the beginning of the movie, I think he just stops by them and they give him the haircut. 
Although oh, yeah. maybe he's he, maybe he's friends with them before. I really honestly don't know. I can't get a, g- a gist of like the timeline, or, like the like. I don't know what we're seeing in the first in the movie for the first time, and what we're seeing that is like a continuation of like what's come before. You know what I mean? Like I don't know right. if he's actually friends with these people or he's just friends with them since the beginning of the movie. Whatever happens or whatever the reason is, they all go to this dance and like this really dorky girl at the door basically is going to turn down Keanu and like you know it's something that we were talking about for Zack Attack in. Uh, dirty grandpa like i don't understand when like within these w- movie worlds who is going to turn down someone who looks like keanu reeves like i understand like he's sort of an outsider he like has a crazy haircut but like you're a dorky girl working the door and he like he wants to dance with you and you're gonna say no like what what is going on yeah i definitely agree with that my only response can be maybe she's just too good a student and she knows that he isn't supposed to be there so she doesn't want to flame any fires that he's about to start but she eventually does end up dancing with him for a little while but kind of gets creeped out at some point and is like I don't want to dance with you anymore I'm I'm going over there (laughs) you know what I liked about him getting chased out is the whole reason he sort of crashes this prom is because he gets kind of teased by a carload of Gatsby's I call them you know just a bunch of rich kids kind of seem like they pull up Mm -hmm. alongside of him and they're like won't be seen you at the dance Keanu because you don't go to school anymore and after he crashes the prom and his biker guys sort of ditch him those guys go after him and he kind of gets his ass kicked off screen by these guys and he walks back to Carla's place, sort of hat in hand, like just, you know, utterly defeated. And they sit Miss McGill's tea by the looks of it, I think, right? And they sort of, you know, yeah. whether they're dating or just sort of they're the only two who get each other and that's why they're, you know, sleeping together or whatever. They wake up and this is when I think he learns about the daughter, right? Because yeah. he's talking about going off like, you know, like, let's get out of here. Let's go do something big. And she's just like, you're always just thinking like you always like live in this fantasy world. And he's like, well, you're always stoned all the time. And it's just like, whoa, like this movie got like. This again, we're just like, oh, things just got like really heavy sort of out of nowhere. I've known Joe for years. From back home. And his wife. Trooper. Yeah. Trooper Joe. I had a baby with him. A little girl. Her name's Alexandra. I was stupid, Rupert. I'm poor. So, I gave Alexandra to Trooper Jonah's wife to raise as their own. Only I couldn't let her go completely. So they moved up here and um, then I followed them. Do you want to know the best? By the time I got here, Trooper Joe had divorced his bitch wife. And being the wimp that he is, he gave her custody. And then she moved away with my baby. I haven't seen her in almost a year. This this movie doesn't really know at times like what it wants to be, and it's it's sort of weird to like get pinballed back and forth. Like I don't know, maybe that's intentional, but like it's it's sort of strange and jarring. It doesn't feel entertaining, you know. Like I'm I'm more into the lighthearted stuff, like the dance, and I'm not liking these gut punches of what's supposed to be pillow talk is, you know, I gave up my daughter for the guy I had an affair. Like, uh, no, let's just keep it lighter. That stuff is working better. We are actually going to get one more, one or two more, like, kind of heavy moments. But again, they really don't land because by this point, it just feels like they're going for a lighter tone so that when they dive back into the heavy drama, it feels forced, it feels melodramatic, and it just kind of feels out of place 
what really grossed me out is that Keanu goes to see the girl at the diner and she's like cleaning up his face and it's all bloody and she starts kissing his bloody face <laughs> and I was just like oh that's gross like that's gotta taste terrible that's bad like ugh, that's disgusting and then I was like okay I'll deal with the bloody kiss but then I just can't deal with all of this like I gave up my child stuff like this just doesn't seem like the time it's strange and then like what makes it even worse is that their little moment is cut short by Trooper Joe and Keanu's dad and they, like, show up to shake him down. It's just like, why are these two together? Like, it just seems like this movie has such weird pairings sometimes. Yeah, it's got, like, that convenience to it where it's like, okay, you know, let's have the dad get trapped in the mine. Like, we have a mine. We can conveniently have a fire and people get trapped down there. So let's have the dad get trapped with the best friend. And that's how he finds out about that. And then it's just like, well, we need the dad to find Keanu at the diner with the girl that he doesn't want him with. So let's just pair him up with the trooper and, you know, they'll be together. Yeah, there's... There are those leaps that don't quite make sense, and it seems like, you know, a couple extra scenes may have benefit getting some of that stuff straight. Again, I'm not even quite sure what the story is. It's just kind of like... There's no story. There's no story. It's just like his life, right? Dad's going to force him to work at the coal mine. At first, he'll work above ground, but as he gets into more trouble, he'll be forced to work underground. And he'll be miserable and we're going to watch it. And that's kind of what happens for like the second act. (laughs) It's like 40 minutes of just Keanu moping in, in the mines. Well, like what's weird is that if you look on IMDb for like what this movie is about, it's that a boy and his wacky friend, I think is the word or something like that, team up to kidnap his father, but nobody wants him. And so it seems like the kind of movie, and I feel like this has been done in other movies where if that's the premise of your movie, right? Like if it's like they're going to kidnap the dad and then they're going to try to ransom him off and they're not going to be able to get the money to escape town or do whatever, it seems like that should happen 20 minutes into the movie. That's like mm-hmm. the beginning of the second act. And then there's just like a whole lot of wackiness as they try to you know go to the wife and then go to the friends and maybe you introduce parents or whatever. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. instead, Keanu goes home and like, I guess they had contacted the cops, but like Bonnie Bedelia doesn't even think it's real. And we're jumping ahead, but like that's the end of it. And then like Keanu's like, oh, like don't worry about it because you know I was the one who kidnapped him. And it's just like, oh, like this is not what the movie's about. If your your central plot is basically resolved, kind of in five minutes, you're right. Like the first almost hour of this movie is just sort of like mopiness in a small town. I got to tell you, the kidnapping idea for me just felt like it came out of nowhere. Like there was just, I was just like, that can't be what the last 40 minutes of this movie is going to be. They're really going to kidnap his dad. (laughs) And sure enough, like they go full force head on into making the rest of this film a kidnapping caper movie. And you're right. If the movie is about kidnapping your dad or kidnapping somebody and it turns out nobody wants to pay for him. I mean, there's a good movie about that called Ruthless People that's hilarious where Bette Midler gets kidnapped kidnapped and Danny DeVito doesn't want to pay her ransom and she sort of starts to identify with her kidnappers and stuff so like that's a whole movie in itself that idea it's not something that you sneak in in the last 30 minutes because so far your movie hasn't been about anything and you need to quickly (laughs) give it something to be about so that we could wrap it up the only way that this makes any sense is that it seems like the filmmakers wanted to make a movie about small town depression and about a kid not sure what he wants to do with his life, his mother who is unfaithful and sort of, you know, we see it the, when they go out to dinner for the younger brother's birthday, you know, she sees Jack in the restaurant. Like, she, like, gets up to, like, go walk over to him. 
And like that's like a crate. Like what? Is, I don't know what your plan is there, Bonnie Bedelia. But like, you're not just gonna go over to Jack because you're with your family. He's with his family. Like what do you what do you think is going on here? But anyway, like that's just weird. It seems like the movie they want to make is this movie about aimlessness or whatever, or sort of like melancholy in a small town. And the movie that was greenlit, or the movie that they got the funding for, was like this kidnapping caper movie you know, with wacky, whatever, like, there's, like, the Pennsylvania polka chase through the showers. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's it's like the people who made the movie and the people who were paying for the movie wanted two different things, and so instead of figuring out one story, they just sort of did both. And, like, that's literally the only thing I think that makes any sense, and even that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and it's also as seamless as that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it feels <laughs> like two stories colliding in this. And, you're, dude, I can't believe I forgot about the polka music because that's when I literally I just threw my arms up in the air and said, I have no idea what's going on. Like, why <laughs> would they do that? And that scene in, in the restaurant when Bonnie Bedelia wants to get up and, like, leave her family, that's on her son's birthday. They're, yep. like, out for her son's birthday. And she's like, I'm going to go over there with the guy I've been – having an affair with like (laughs) nothing is landing correctly for me and again it's like i'm done with the serious stuff i wish this whole movie was keanu kidnapping fred ward because when fred ward the dad is kidnapped and locked up like that's some of my favorite stuff like i think physically he's really good and he never really strikes me as a comedic actor or performer but it's his sort of seriousness and his naturalism that plays it really well when you see this guy who just you know he's always talking about nom and and doing your duty and all this stuff and then you see him just chained to a bed struggling as hard as he can i think he's really selling that kidnap stuff so i would have loved the whole movie of just that because there is kind of funny things i mean if if they if they want to make a movie that you sort of suspended your belief and you have you know it's like a physical comedy movie just sort of a little slapsticky like when he's chained up then that scene when they're in the grocery store and like she's giving him the drugs to drug him and get him out of the mine like mm-hmm. that scene makes more sense as it stands now it's you know actually I was trying to think of what the movie was. This is exactly the same scene like from Guarding Tess, remember? Like that very weird sort of mm-hmm. dark movie. And that has like this wacky supermarket scene too. It's just like, I don't understand. Like these two scenes do not belong in these two movies. I don't <laughs> understand why they're meeting in a public place to exchange these drugs. They're not buying the drugs at the grocery store. I don't understand anything about this scene. <laughs> Yeah, it's just to see them both in sunglasses, I think. I guess. Uh, I know. You're right, though. I mean, Guarding Tess is a great comparison because that movie also ends with a spontaneous kidnapping. Because it's kind of <laughs> completely against the tone of the entire film all the way. Like, that's another one where it just seems like they're fighting it the whole time. Like, it should be funny, but we want it to be serious. But it's really not a serious movie. But we want it to be. <laughs> and then these comedy scenes just slip through the cracks and nothing ends up making much sense. I don't know if it's just because the quality or my enjoyment of the Cage movies was higher up to the point where we got Guarding Tess as it was to this point, but I think this movie works better than Guarding Tess. I mean, it's still this movie's still a mess, but I think that this sort of has a better sense of what it wants to be. I'm not sure, though. But th- does this movie work well or no? It doesn't really work for me, I'll be honest. It has its moments, though. You know, like I said, like I feel like when they're going for lighthearted funny, I feel like it's working. But then again, when they're going for this heavy dramatic stuff, I feel like that is flat and it's just, it's forced. And so, no, I don't really get consistency out of this film. And it was kind of pulling me in two different directions the whole time. 
There was just something about the premise of guarding tests that invited more opportunity. Just the idea of people like the social security detail of a retired first lady. I just feel like it had more opportunity for funny things to happen. And in this, I'm not even sure what this is exactly. I just don't feel like this movie's premise, plot, whatever you want to call it, it doesn't really call for funny and fun stuff to happen, which is so weird in why they want it to feel light and funny and all that. I don't know. I just movie just confuses me so much. Yeah, I think this is definitely a worse movie to start off with. I think it's less of a disappointment, though, because... You're right, like, Guarding Test has, like, this great premise, and that it should have been something better, but it just turned out not to be. This is just, like, I don't know what it's about, so, like, I'm just sort of along for the ride. I think maybe that's my point. You know, it yeah. took a while to sort of for me to figure it out, but I think this is less of a disappointment, maybe. Yeah, I think I agree with you there. Once it decides on the kidnapping stuff, it's pretty much smooth sailing for the third act of this movie, right? Like, it's hard to really screw up a kidnapping thing, like, especially when they're going to play it so light. I feel like that stuff is well done. They don't make too many mistakes. They have a nice little sort of turn towards the end of the movie where the kidnapping goes a little bit of awry. There is sort of the what the confession in the middle of the kidnapping is something new that I'd never seen before that was, again, just kind of out of nowhere. It's somehow cliche and also not cliche at the same time. So, like, there's the scene, right, where he actually sort of tries to begin the kidnapping, right? Like, their plan is to drug his coffee and then sort of smuggle him out of the mines and mm-hmm. then have the girlfriend or Carla or whatever her relationship is dress like the dad. And then they'll sort of be like, oh, well, he left for the day. So, like, obviously it wasn't something that happened at work. And so what's kind of funny, I mean, like, it's a little bit cliche to see, like, that they, they messed up, right? And, like, they swapped lunch pails. And that Keanu, I guess, so intent and, like, worried about whatever, he didn't realize he was eating the wrong lunch. And so that Keanu drugs himself, which I think sort of happened. But, like, it works kind of because I think of Keanu's commitment and, like, like you know, his spit take is a spit take for the ages. And, like, there's, like, a little bit of funny interaction here. Like, he's just, like, so manic. So, like, even when the stuff that we see is stuff that we've seen or, you know, the kind of things we've seen in a bunch of stuff before – I think his energy here works to make it sort of enjoyable on some level. Yes, he's actually very good throughout this movie. It would have been unbearable if Keanu wasn't in this. I feel like he's actually pulling off this strange role of this strange teenager. He's right. doing it well, you know, he's he's got the right attitude for this role. I think he is good. And yeah, this is where the movie really goes off the rails and it's straight up comedy. Because they're swapping lunches, they're both falling asleep, and then his dad thinks he's having a nom flashback, and Keanu's like, Dad, we're not in the whorehouse. (laughs) It's me, your son. It's not Ling Ling, it's me. And he's trying to deal with his drugged dad as he's smuggling him out of the caves back to the trailer uh, so that they could do like the whole switcheroo thing. Yeah, so not only do we have, like, we've swapped our thermoses, but then this whole nom flashback. His dad makes so many nom references throughout the movie. It's just strange that they would take it so lightly now, all of a sudden, and make jokes about Vietnam. I know what's going on. You do? Yeah. When I was overseas, I smoked some opium. I must be having a flashback. Yeah, I thought I was in a whorehouse in Saigon. You are, Dad. I am? Yeah. 
And I'm here to take you home. Ling Ling. Ling Ling. Ling Ling. Ling Ling. Oh. Ling Ling. Dad, don't do that. Ling Ling. Ling Ling. Ling Ling. I can't marry you, honey. I got a wife and a baby back home. Well, I think the one thing that works in that regard here is that Kiana sort of buys into the flashback, right? And he's just like, oh, like, we are in Nam, and I'm here to get you home. Like, come with me. And, like, he sort of, like, <laughs> plays along a little bit. And I think that works, but you're right. Like, the whole tone is uh, strange. And then they have the Pennsylvania polka, where it's just, like, music playing. It's like the Pennsylvania polka. It's just, like, polka music as they're being chased through the shower. Like, there's, like, naked guy butts on screen. There's just, like, this gigantic naked guy chasing Keanu around. <laughs> And it's like, this is a movie about, like, kidnapping and, you know, affairs and drug abuse. Like, it's just, it's weird. Yeah, because all of a sudden it's a Bugs Bunny cartoon. Like, it's it's quite literally a Bugs Bunny cartoon where Keanu's being chased by a giant guy through showers with crazy music playing. Sorry about that, Ed. I, uh, don't know what made me do that. We need to discuss this. Oh. Strike up the music, the band has begun. very zany like I, I just feel like if we didn't have the affair if we didn't have impending divorce thankfully there's no murder or anything up until this point but i just can't deal with the imbalance of everything that's going on i mean it's not like frustrating to the degree where i'm not going to finish the movie but it's definitely makes it hard to follow just the constant shift and undecisiveness of of tone what I do like about the movie and what I think, as it's sort of losing me, like, you, like you're saying, it's, it's hard to follow, it's hard to really get behind. I think maybe my favorite scene in the movie, just because of the way that she pulls it off, is when Keanu confesses that, like, hey, mom, I kidnapped dad. You know, she's there with Jack, and like he's, Keanu says to her, like, you know, if you had the money and the opportunity, like, you'd run off with him, right? She's like, yeah, absolutely. And he's like, all right, well, I, you know, I have an answer to all of our prayers. Like, he lays out his plan. And then I don't know why I like this so much, but she just, like, picks up a chicken wing. And it's just, like, walking around this, like, basement. Just, like, I'm, like she's, like, thinking about it. She's like, I don't know. Like, what are, what are we going to do here? And I don't know. There's just something about her just holding chicken, having, like, this, like, monumental life decision. She's like, all right, like, let's do it. Like, let's just, let's go with it. Like, you know, this is the plan. I'm going to get out of here with Jack. Like, and they start jumping around for joy. And then like, the cops show up. And it's just like, oh, like, yeah, like, we shouldn't be this happy that, you know, <laughs> our father and husband has been kidnapped. But, hey, we were just, you know, having a moment. So whatever. But I just, I don't know why, but I just love that scene. I kidnapped Dad. You're nuts. Man, this kid's nuts. What? I kidnapped Dad. He's, he's not too far away, and uh, he's kind of tied up. See, I figured the lawyers would let you sell his land if you had a good reason. This is a pretty good reason, don't you think? You're nuts. Rupert? Anthony Marshall. Then, 
after you gave the money to his kidnappers, I mean me, I'd give half of it back to you so you could take off with him. You're, you're not thinking of going along with this, are you? Let me think. Yeah, let her think. Yeah, I think that scene worked really well, too, because that's a very difficult sequence. You know, first of all, the son is confessing that he kidnapped the dad, and then the mom is agreeing to go along with the rest of the kidnapping. Like, let's play this out. Let's actually get the money and split it. And I'm just thinking, y'all are accessories. Everyone's going to jail. It's just going to be a big family behind bars at this (laughs) point. (laughs) And this is, yeah, this is the mom's best scene, too, where I don't really buy where she was before. She's kind of just like, the whole movie, she's just kind of like, leave your son alone. Like, he'll find himself. Like, why are you always trying to, like, control your son? Like, I'm not really getting a whole lot from her. But in this moment, she really comes alive and the rest of her performance sort of syncs up with this moment and I kind of get what she was going for the rest of the movie. What's weird is that like this happens so late in the movie, right? Like we were talking about this earlier, that like this should be the beginning of something and instead like it's sort of the end of things. So instead Mm -hmm. of having like this whole like rest of the movie where, you know, it's him and the mom teaming up, their only team up is to go to the bank and find out that the dad already sold the land. And it's just like, oh, and then like they're separate for the rest of the movie. It's just like nothing is thought out. Nope. It would have been so good if the second act of this film was Keanu and mom pulling off the rest of the kidnapping. Like, I think that would have been great. And then the big reveal in the third act is that he already sold the land after all of that. We're just a rapid fire now through the rest of this film. I think just because, you know, the movie is winding down, doesn't know how to... Everything just sort of feels like it gets sped up. Like, the next time, like, we go back to the trailer and the dad, as his Vietnam captive has grabbed Carla and sort of like threatening basically to rip her head off and Keanu unmasks himself and the dad like doesn't realize that he's part of the plan. Rupert? Hello, dad. Rupert, all right. Hey, come on, get me out of these chains, boy. Come on, son. Let her go, dad. (laughs) You bitch. She kidnapped me, Rupert. Shoot her. She imprisoned me. She abducted and imprisoned me. She squirted cheese whiz in my face. Dad. You don't understand. Come on, Rupert, let's get out of here. Wait outside. No, not come on. Wait outside! Christ! She kidnapped your old man. You you can't just let her walk out of here like that. I did it. Rupert, makes sense. I planned it. I did it. You did. I did. And, like, that sort of goes awry. One thing here, and maybe, I don't know if it's poor writing or if I miss something... But how do the cops show up? Why do the cops show up? Oh, I thought this was actually kind of neat. When Carla and Keanu think that they've gotten away with everything, she drops him off in town, and the trooper sees him lean into the truck and kiss the oh, guy in the front right, seat. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah, so he must be like, well, that's not his father he's kissing on the mouth. <laughs> so he kind of gets involved and starts following them around. Okay, that makes more sense. I saw that scene, but I didn't put two and two together. I didn't realize, because also, like, Trooper Joe is not made out to be the smart sort of detective, right? Like, mm-hmm. he's just sort of this guy that slept with Carla, and, like, that's pretty much it. Like, we don't really see him following clues. There's, I, I, to me, it seemed like all of a sudden the cops are at the trailer, and they got to get out of there. Yeah, and Trooper Joe isn't even consider himself much of a trooper. He even quotes multiple times how much he hates his job <laughs> and things. Uh, and, and and by the end of the movie, he will turn in his badge and realize that it's a, it is not the life for him. It is not what he wanted. But uh, what I can't understand is, okay, so Keanu finds out that his dad sold the land, but where did he put the money? 
in a latrine in the mine underground? What? Like he hid his money in a portajon and then put it in the coal mine? I beg to correct you. It's a portajani apparently, which I've never heard anywhere else. But they keep calling it a portajani, which is who knows. But yeah, it's a we- it's a weird plan. Like they're in the coal mine, they escape, they go down. It just so happens like he doesn't know that he's there. It's just like a coincidence. And the one I, I want to give this movie credit that it's immediately apparent to the viewer that oh, the money's in this toilet. And I was worried, sort of, that the movie was going to go on for five or ten minutes before Keanu realized. But Keanu realizes within probably about 15 seconds, oh, the money's in here. And so I like that about it. Like, I don't understand. How, I don't know how he's going to get it out. I don't know. I mean, he talks about how <laughs> secure the Portageon is and about how, like, after a nuclear bomb, you know, the only things that'll be left are a cockroach and this toilet. The Portageoni. You hit it in the Portageoni. Who would hide money in a porta Johnny? Let's find out. You know, the damn thing's nearly indestructible. <laughs> you know, come a nuclear disaster, ah! there's gonna be two things left. Cockroaches, ah! and this goddamn portable shit house. Ah! But, like, there's, there's not like a, there's heat on the money, right? Like, it's not like he's to hide it from anybody. <laughs> no, he just hides it in... so that she doesn't run away with it. Why isn't it just in the bank? That's what I, it's driving me well, crazy. It's just well, they like said a, that it's not in the bank because if it was in the bank, the wife would have seen it, you know, withdrawn it and run away with Jack. Okay, so yeah. So he wanted okay. to keep it away from her. I don't know why he didn't just open a separate bank account or anything. I guess maybe the reason is so that at the end of the movie we can see this gigantic portageon in the back of a pickup truck in, in front of a house. Like maybe it's all going for like a visual joke, but I don't, I don't understand. But if you have access to these mines, couldn't you find a better hiding spot? Like, these mines yeah. are super deep, and, like, you could just board up a hole in the wall or something. I mean, there's plenty of places. That it just, I feel like, what, if he sell this land, like, a month ago, and then he put the money in the shitter, and now people have been shitting on it, like, in the mine for months, and, like, they never cleaned the Porter John out? Like, I just don't even understand how you hide money in a Porter Johnny in the first place without <laughs> someone using it and seeing it and taking it. He chains it up, so it's not like... But it's not chained know. up, like, during... Okay, yeah, we can move on. It's just, it, was, <laughs> it was just, like, one, you know, on top of everything else, the money did not need to be hid in such a strange place. It just it could have been much more basic at this point, because we only got, like, saying, three minutes Are you left. saying it could have been literally anywhere else in the entire world? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. It's so weird. And then Keanu's idea to get the money out is that he's going to light dynamite. And I'm like, why are you doing dynamite? Like, I understand that there's controlled blasts in coal mines. But this, for, you know, to our minds, Keanu's been working here in the mines for, like, less than a week. And, like, all of a sudden he's just going to rig up dynamite to blow open this toilet. <laughs> and we see that he's, like, learned something. Like, you know, Keanu, again, showing how intelligent he is. He talks about how he set the dynamite so that it blows in, like, a V pattern out, not up. And he's going to, you know, do it the right way. And the dad sort of seems, like, oddly proud of him for, like, knowing how to blow up dynamite in the coal mine. You know what I mean? It just, it's still, like, the craziest plan is now, instead of trying to get the key from the dad or figure out another way, because basically he hacks at the lock with a hammer, like, twice. And then, nope, got to go to dynamite. Like, it doesn't <laughs> seem like there's anything in between those two steps. It's insanity. I mean, where did he even get the dynamite? He didn't leave the mine and go back up to grab it or anything. It's just there because he conveniently needs a stick of dynamite. And you, that's the best point is what you made. Like, he's been working there for, like, two weeks. And most of the time, he's been, like, a janitor 
out of the mines. Like he hasn't even been in the mines for more than like a few days. And yeah, I mean, it's just his genius. It's just his natural, you know, intelligence that always wins the day for him. There's also, there's the threat that the mine might be full of methane. Is that, is that what I heard him say? Is that? Yeah. So I don't, so before we get to the methane thing, this is also, you know, as the dad's proud of him, this is also the first time that we see the dad tell him that he loves him. And I feel like this is maybe the first time that Keanu's heard it in a while. I'm like, this does not seem like the time for him to be <laughs> confessing that he, or saying that he loves him. Like, it just seems like a weird time. But yes, yeah, so like the cops have like these little lanterns for the mine. And if the flame reacts in a certain way, like if it goes up, there's methane and like you have to get out. Like it's sort of like a safety precaution. And then surprise, surprise, turns out that there is methane in the coal mines and they need to get out before it blows. And there's like another threat. Like, I don't know. Well, I don't know also, why the dynamite couldn't have led to like a cave-in. They had to get out that way. Well, it's also every cop in Pennsylvania has run into these mines as if it was the Dark Knight Returns. It's just like everybody <laughs> has flooded the mines like with cops. And so there's another sort of just silly moment when the dad's like, we got about 30 seconds before we're all blown to hell. And he's just kind of <laughs> posing in the middle of the frame while cops are running left and right, like uh, like yep. Keystone cops or something. Yeah, and it's just like, no, because the girl Keanu sipped tea with is lost and she's going to die in the explosion. Like, this is not a lighthearted moment, folks. This movie is not the kind of movie where the girlfriend's going to die or, I keep calling her girlfriend, I don't mean, we don't know what a relationship is, but this is not the kind of movie where Carla is going to die. But everybody escapes from this explosion except for Carla and Trooper Joe. Like, we're just sort of left to not know their fate. And they all sort of go home. Like, I guess, I don't know. I don't know oh. why Keanu doesn't get a reg- Does he? But why, oh, is he, he gets- why is he at home handcuffed to the refrigerator? Okay, so he does get arrested, but his dad tells the cops that I'll take him home and keep an eye on him. He won't be going nowhere. And the cops are like, hmm, he just kidnapped you. He just blew up this mine. Okay, you take him home. We're not going to bring him <laughs> to this holding cell or anything like that. Yeah, just just chain him up against the uh, refrigerator door. That ought to do. It's so weird, but what I do like is that he escapes. He takes the refrigerator door off, and he's like walking down the road just to get out of town, I guess, to escape the long arm of the law and we got another key connection here to Lori Lockland in the night before where she's walking around town handcuffed to the, the head of a bed right I mean, we just have yeah. them handcuffed to these like huge household objects love it that's just a, that's the other key connection I was thinking I was like man we just saw that in another movie oh I have a quick connection myself uh hitchhiking from one step away it's like mm. oh but he's he's hitchhiking and of course he runs into Trooper Joe did not get blown up in the mine and Carla's there, and her plan is for the three of them to run off to San Francisco together, because <laughs> Trooper Joe is going to like empty out a savings account, and he's going to like basically, it seems like, bribe his ex-wife into selling them the baby. Yes. And yes. Keanu's just going to sort of be there with them somehow. He's just like, mm-hmm. what does he say? He's like, I'd rather be handcuffed to a refrigerator than you know do that plan. And just like, whoa, okay, like that's a little extreme but like no like enough is enough like that's that's the growth that he has i guess just to not be treated like garbage anymore little genius you always wanted to run away well now i'm ready we got a uh, philadelphia to the east new york to the north california to the west rio de janeiro yeah that's south how about sacramento sacramento california that's where my little girl is Joe cleaned out the savings account. He thinks maybe we can talk some sense to the former Mrs. Trooper. We could be a family, Rupert. 
I think I'd rather be handcuffed to a refrigerator. He's not really presented with a reward here. It's like, do you want to come to San Francisco with me and my boyfriend and be like three's company and you'll just kind of live in this awkward life in the corner of our house? Like, it's it's like, no, of course I'm going to (laughs) go walk the earth like Cain on my own and learn, you know, on my own and be by myself. Like, that sounds like a horrible idea. I don't I don't blame him one bit. But what he does do, what's a better plan than just walking the earth, is that he gets a ride away on a motorcycle with that cute blonde girl who was from the biker gang. He's like, where are your friends? She's like, I don't know. I lost them. And like, that's it. Like, that's all we need to know. It's just, you know, it's just the two of them now. And all is good. Yeah, I guess it's some kind of kinship they feel instantly <laughs> between each other. <laughs> but I love that um, I was not expecting a final callback from the bikers. And it, it was the girl. I think that's the same girl that gave him the haircut in the opening, too. He wants to go to South America, but he'll settle he'll settle for Pittsburgh. Right. Right. So he's like off to Pittsburgh. Here they go. So I guess that's and that was the intended sequel was the, the the Prince of Pittsburgh. But I mean he's still a prince of Pennsylvania. The whole name of the movie is because earlier in the movie the dad said he saw himself as a king and that, you know, his son was gonna be the prince and the son was gonna take over someday. You know, when I was in the army I um had this idea. <laughs> This little image in my head when I thought about, uh, you know, raising my own family. Me and your mother would be the king and queen. My son would be the prince. And the last line of the movie is that he's like, I don't do anything anymore. And she said, what do you used to do? He says, I used to be a prince. And then they ride off and just like leaving my dad behind, leaving my family behind, leaving my past behind going to start a new life for myself in Pittsburgh. Hey, where are you going? South America. Maybe just Pittsburgh. I can't decide. Where are all your friends? I lost them. I'm on my own. Like you. Hey, don't you need a passport or something to go to South America? Depends on how you go, I guess. I don't think you need one to go to Pittsburgh. You want a ride? I suppose I could do that. So what do you do anyway? I don't do anything anymore. Well, what'd you used to do? I used to be a prince. Yeah, and it kind of seemed at that point that it was going to be best for everybody if Keanu just kind of took off. Um, The (laughs) mom and dad share a little moment at the end where they have that slow, awkward hug. So it's like maybe they'll be getting back together or mending their relationship. And it just seems like everybody needs a break from Keanu (laughs) in their lives. So let him go out there and and grow on his own and and see, you know, maybe he'll come back to prodigal son one day and, and we can deal with him then. But for now, we can all rest easy. And we, I guess, are resting easy because this movie is over. And that is the end of that. I'll just say it's not bad. I don't know if it's, it's not good. Um, it's just <laughs> another one of those movies that just sort of is. Like, you know, mm-hmm. now we tackle, I guess, stuff that we've already tackled before. I mean, we drug abuse. I think we've, have we have we hit on drug abuse? I mean, we have infidelity, which we've, I think we've tackled sort of before. I mean, there's all these like sort of like issues or message movies. And just, this isn't necessarily a message movie, but it, in a way it kind of is. It's definitely a subversive message movie in a way. Like it, it doesn't want to go full-on lifetime family, so it tries to be a little more comedic at times. But it's the imbalance for me that uh, 
just doesn't do it. Like, I just can't stay connected to the movie when it's up and down, up and down like this, or it just doesn't know what it wants to be. And that's where I lose it. It's not the worst. You know, it's definitely not the worst thing we've watched for Keanu. Like, I like it more. I would watch this before I watched Under the Influence again or something, you know, (laughs) along those lines. I don't ever need to see that again. But, you know, this isn't a must-see in his filmography. Yeah, and especially considering to rewatch this, I'm going to have to, like, hook up my VCR again or, you know, bust out the VHS. Like, this is not one I'm going to be revisiting anytime soon. But it's cool to see Bonnie Bedelia in another movie that's not Die Hard. You know, that's for sure. I honestly haven't seen her in anything other than Die Hard. So this is, it, this had that going for it. We also found out, or I found out from her Wikipedia page, she is Macaulay Culkin's aunt, which is crazy to me because I feel like that's something that like just would have been said at some point, but I've never heard that. I don't think you knew either, right? No, no. And considering how much I love Die Hard, I, I honestly thought by now I would have found that out about her. No. So that's all I have to say about The Prince of Pennsylvania. Is there anything else that we did not talk about that you wanted to mention? I just have one extremely small connection that I'd like to mention at the end okay. here. And that is, this is the fourth movie in which we mm-hmm. celebrate Christmas. So Merry Christmas from really? Keanu Club. Yeah, the night they kidnap his dad, they're working midnight Christmas Day. They're working really? like the Christmas shift. That's what I heard. I could have sworn that's what the guy said. I wrote down fourth Christmas movie. Yeah, Midnight Christmas Day is when him and his dad are going to sort of work the shift alone. And that's when they decide that's the night they're going to kidnap him. So we've had murder on Christmas. We've had drink yourself to death on Christmas. And now we've had kidnapping on Christmas. What a terrible way to spend Christmas. Jeez, that's just terrible. Any other thoughts, or is just your is this sort of your your, your Shane Black connection? <laughs> yeah, yeah, just just the Christmas connection. Cool. So we have the next movie is another big budget movie, I think, right? Dangerous Liaisons. I think that's sort of like another real Hollywood movie. And then after that, we finally have our first Bill and Ted movie. So we're wow. we're approaching the things that people actually know instead of these obscure '80s high school movies. So we're breaking into main drag of Keanu's career. So this is a pretty exciting next five, ten, fifteen movies that we're going to be doing. Yeah, we're going to get into stuff I've actually heard of before. Mainstream <laughs> Keanu. Can't wait. So for all things Keanu Club, you can go to cageclub.me or facebook.com slash cageclub. You can find out what episodes we've done, what's coming up next, listen to all the podcasts, all sorts of fun stuff. Facebook.com slash cageclub and cageclub.me. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. And we'll see you next time on Keanu Club. There's a road of a Porta Johnny.